If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, this is not Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if I was around, I would definitely be listening to Inglorious Trexperts, the new podcast from the people who brought you the 430 movie. Check it out, 430movie.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a Star Trek fan and you haven't already picked up the hardcover edition of the 50-Year Mission, it's time for you to go out and get the paperback version of the 50-Year Mission, which is just out in paperback from St. Martin's Press. This is the complete oral history of Star Trek, the first 25 years, from me and Ed Gross. And if you think you know everything there is to know about Star Trek, think again. The 50-Year Mission, out in paperback now. And if you can't read, the audiobook is still available. Electric Now? What does that mean? It means that you can watch us do these wonderful podcasts and so many other things, too. Hey, uh, Darren. Yes. When I was a kid, I used to love the electric company. You know why? Because I knew one day Morgan Freeman would be a great actor. But <laughs> if there's one thing I love about electricity that's even better than Schoolhouse Rock and the electric company, it's the Electric Now channel. But also, they're turning it on and bringing the power. Yes, they are. <laughs> and we're turning you on. And No, 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 no that's a highly inappropriate. All. Okay, well, we are turning on the power here at Electric Surge, where you may have, for the last year or so, been enjoying these amazing audio podcasts like Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made. Now you, you can watch You ain't them. seen nothing yet, no, but you now you can. <laughs> you can on Electric Now, available on Stir TV and Distro TV, which you can download from your favorite app store, and soon coming to the Electric Now app. Get to see us as you've never seen us before, <laughs> because you've only seen us in the theater of the imagination. Now we're going to be on your tablet, on your telephone, on your TV, and in your house. With <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. So make sure to check out Electric Now, streaming now on Stir TV and Distro TV, and coming soon to the Electric Now app. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. This is Mark A. Altman, and I have Steve Melching, Darren Dockman, Steve Melching, as seen on TV. <laughs> and, and Ashley Edward Miller. Miller. Well, who'd I say? Who'd I call Steve, him? You, you said Steve, Mel Ma Steve Melching twice. twice. That's how excited Melching. I am to see Steve Melching. <laughs> We've been recording all these inglorious tracks for two hours, Steve, and here he is again. So, uh, yes, as seen on TV. We got the Ginzu knife. We got the eight-track tapes. Now how much we would you pay? Wait, don't answer. <laughs> Tonight on an all-new 430 movie. <laughs> we are so excited because we're about to share with you a week of fun-filled movies as seen on TV. <laughs> um, this is a week, and I believe it was... Um, it was Mr. Melching's idea. No, it was oh, Darren Doctor. I'm sorry. It I'm sorry. Well, let's give it credit where credit is due. Okay. Darren and Steve had this wonderful idea <laughs> that uh, we do we'll, we'll a week, <laughs> we program a week of movies based on uh, that are derived from television series. Right. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. As we're opposed gonna... to the boring books and plays that <laughs> movies have been based on for so long. Let's get something interesting like exactly. TV. I mean, you know, Suck on that, gone with I the mean, wind. I mean, you know, we did Shakespeare week. You know, the Shakespeare it's like, guy. What's Shakespeare compared to the love boat? I mean, come on. So, if only there was a love boat Kind movie. of the same thing. I, but you know what? There is, and I'm so excited about it. Have you seen the trailer for the 430, uh, for the 430, for the 430 movie movie? Have you seen? Have you seen? <laughs> Let's make it a 430 movie movie <laughs> have you seen the trailer for fantasy island yes doesn't that look creepy and it good does. i now, don't know what i think there's no gorilla who's in love with his handler at the zoo but come on we all love roddy mcdowell as satan who doesn't love that so it's <laughs> no, like that's that, good i mean you know if you go back and look at fantasy island how it started how it was dark and and you know there was these intimations that mr rock communed with the devil or right. was the devil or, right. it, was an angel. or it was purgatory or, was or something an angel, yeah. and I don't know if Fantasy Island works without Ricardo Montalban. Well, I to know be Khan quite doesn't. honestly, Khan, Khan certainly doesn't. But 
you know, we'll wait and see. I, I'm I'm trying to have an open mind, but <sighs> come on, folks. I'm I'm disappointed you feel that way. Well, I, I am because I, I I think it looks really cool. Plus, um, what if they uh, cast uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? I really like the director. <laughs> uh, I've worked with him before, oh, and uh, yeah, Jeff Wadlow. And so and... you're speaking from a personal bias, then? No, I, I actually <laughs> I actually when I heard they were doing Fancy Island and he was doing, I emailed him. I said, Oh, I'm so excited! I, I think Fancy Island is one of these things that has this enormous potential that is yet to be, you know, the really... enormous. Danger potential. potential. <laughs> <laughs> and then after seeing the trailer, I was really excited because I thought it was is, great. Is this a, a theatrical movie? It's a TV movie, right? Or is it no, it's a theatrical oh, it movie. Is. It's a theatrical movie for Blumhouse. Okay. As seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to... Smiles, everyone. As seen Smiles. on TV. And, uh, we, we, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm very curious because, you know, generally I think the conventional wisdom is that um, uh, movies derived from TV are, are somehow lackluster or cash grabs and there they can't be real art there. Um, it's, a, it's an easy way to, to get something into theaters with a, a well-established brand, as they right. say nowadays, that the audience is uh, hopefully very familiar with and will go to see a big screen version. Right. And uh, at least... I think they got off to kind of a slow start, maybe in the early days of movies derived from TV. Mm -hmm. They weren't so good. They were kind of cheap and yeah. and coasted on a lot of goodwill. But uh, I think there have been some good ones. We haven't talked about this before, but I'd kind of like to uh, to eliminate any of the like Man from Uncle movies that were just pastiches of two episodes um, right. edited oh, together oh, yeah. Yeah, like we're, Destination, we're not... Moonbase, Alpha. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. about something that was originally produced for TV and then turned, turned into, into a movie. So right. Battlestar Galactica, right. for instance, it's is not eligible, qualified. whereas Buck Rogers in the 21st Century would be because it came out in theaters That's first. That's true. It did come out in theaters first. But it hadn't been seen on TV. Yeah. It wasn't a remake of something that had been a TV show first. So I don't think Buck Rogers would be eligible. That's correct. You, I saw Buck Rogers in the theater in the summer of 1979. Was Ashley there? Or had no. you left Colorado? No, we were, in, we were living in Hawaii at the time. We, were oh, getting, okay. we had moved out of our house in Hawaii and we're staying in a hotel until we left the islands to move back to the mainland. And Dog the bounty hunter wasn't involved, was he? <laughs> <laughs> he had to drag me out of that theater. I was so excited. <laughs> well, um, and then I read the novelization from it that yeah. summer. See, wow. you're, you're a very erudite gentleman. I read the photo <laughs> novel. The I read the photo novel. novel. I didn't make it to the novelization. <laughs> too many words. <laughs> yeah, too, many, too many words. <laughs> words exactly. Words, words. Exactly. Um, but great. So today, as seen on TV... Um, and, and speaking of being seen on TV, we're all seen on TV. Oh my God. In case you haven't checked out the Electric Now channel, um, you can go to your app store and download Stir TV. You can download Distro TV, download um, uh, um, um, Zumo, and uh, soon come to IMBD uh, TV uh, and, and check out. Uh, all these wonderful podcasts like the 430 movie and Glorious Treksports, Best Movies Never Made, and a wonderful array of electric entertainment from Leverage to Outpost to uh, the Librarians and a bunch of great movies. And uh, so, Not to be confused with Destro TV, <laughs> which is Destro uh, TV? G.I. Joe's uh, nemesis. Uh, Cobra, Cobra <laughs> propaganda network. Right. So if you're a fan, you're a fan of the show and you're curious what we look like. <laughs> guest, guest, that'll, that'll last for about guest 30 seconds. 430 movie uh, expert this week is uh, is Cobra Commander. <laughs> if, if you wonder, if you wonder uh, what this sound is. I'm a computer. You can see that I'm actually drinking some water uh, if you uh, are watching us on the on on, on Stir TV. So uh, anyway, check out those apps. The, the Electric Now channel is great. There's also some other terrific channels. There's one devoted to Crime Story, Wise Guy, and Space 1999. So what's not oh, to love? Amazing. Yeah, I, I put the uh, distro one on my Roku, and it works great. You know, I've been watching Stir because Roku? Stir has a program guide, and Distro doesn't. Oh, so I can oh, always see Stir. what episode of 430 Movie or Inglorious Trexperts is coming up. There That's you go. a good good point. And then great I get point. And then I get laughed at by my family every time I have it on. Stop watching yourself, Dad. Okay. Um, Who has the clicker? We got to turn on the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We got to turn on the Ginsu knife commercial. So, uh, and then you know what they do have, Steve? This is for you. They have the Buzzer channel on Stir TV, which is old game shows. No. Yeah. Like from like the seventies and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm listening. So old that. Richard Dawson family feuds and stuff, Match Game and all that with Gene Rayburn. Yeah, they turn on the Game Show Network, and it's all Steve Harvey uh, family feud. Yeah. I don't want Steve Harvey. Yeah, I don't either. No. 
Friday. Not Richard that's Dawson. Not Richard, family Feud. It's not the Richard Family Feud to me. If it's she, not Steve Richard Harvey's Dawson, up there, Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. And um, Steve Harvey is the Benedict Cumberbatch of Family I, Feud. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So, and then we watched, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, we talked to we talked to Aaron Gray about Battle of the Network Stars, but oh. I don't think anybody's showing the old Battle of the Network Stars That's yet. That's way yet. too bad. We Battle see, of the Network TNA. She had, she, she, she had great stories. She had great she? stories. She did have great stories. stories. You'll have to listen into. That's going to be on, uh, coming up on uh, Inglorious Trexperts. So, okay, later in January, um, 22020, Aaron Gray talks Battle of the Network Stars. What it has to do with Star Trek, I don't know, but it William didn't, didn't care did because it's just awesome. So, yeah, it's just awesome. And William Shatner was on Battle Network Star, so I guess that is Blue's connection, yeah, right? Yeah. Thank uh, you, thank right. you for salvaging that one yeah, for me. Sure, salvage okay. one. Okay, so salvage one. As we do on the show, picture. to remind the audience, um, we curate a week of uh, of movies based on the theme. This week's theme is I've uh, seen on TV. As always, uh, we start on Monday with Stephen Melching. Please, no wagering. And then, of course, <laughs> by the time we get to Wednesday, it'll be Stephen Melching again. Steve. clone. Monday, what are we watching? Well, my, my pick for Monday is a movie that uh, gave us one of the most iconic and memorable dialogue exchanges of the 90s, and that is... I didn't kill my wife. Oh, yeah. I, know, I don't care. Andrew Davis. Andrew Davis is The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford written and Tommy Lee Written by David Tui. Written by David Tui and Jeb Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Tui, of course, has written a, a number of really- Dan Weber's nemesis. Yeah, yeah. As our my brother-in-law, our friend Dan Weber- Dan-in-law. Dan-in-law, uh, once called- Told David Tui he was he wrote some of the best was it the, he's one of the best yes, B movies. He had just seen the arrival and said yeah. it was the it was a great the best B movie B movie he's ever seen, and he took great offense at yeah, that. He said I don't write B know. movies, and I'm like, but it's but it's not but a good film. He writes he writes <laughs> A B movies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's, and he's brilliant. At yeah, it. there's nothing wrong with a B movie. B movies no, are awesome. We love, love them. them. But I think The Fugitive is an A movie. It I, is absolutely. It's an excellent yeah. movie. Uh, it was. Uh, I think what I recall is one of the first movies based on a television series that really was something special and and unique, even though it it followed the the television series uh, created by Roy Huggins um, pretty closely with Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Richard Kimball having been uh, convicted uh, and sentenced to death for a crime he didn't, a murder he didn't commit. And, uh, by a one-armed man. By a one-armed man. Andreas Cthulhu of uh, Babylon 5, Five fame. <laughs> <laughs> and also Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. He played a wrong Roman Roll Tomac. A couple yes. of times he played the... Tomalak? Tomalak, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, was... and, and, and as uh, as Richard Kimball is being transported uh, to prison, there's an accident. I think in the TV series it was a bus accident, but right. they raised his... This is a motion picture. Got to raise the stakes. <laughs> their bus gets hit by a train, and one of the great... Stunts or great. Uh, it's pretty great. You know. it's, it's a stunt and a visual effect yeah. all in one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they did, I think, have, they did use a real train, but, uh, you know, clearly they had a, a miniature for, for a lot of there that. There was a miniature, and it was, uh, uh, Harrison Ford was in front of a big front projection screen. Was that like IntroVision or yes, was it, yeah, exactly. IntroVision process? And that shot still holds up. It looks it great. It does. It does. Holds up a lot better than some of the introvision shots in Outland. Yeah. And, and what, the thing I really love about this movie, and it was, it's, I'm sorry. Oh, it, and it's a it's a lesson that I try to keep in mind all the time. It, it's it's kind of it's almost like writing one on one. But you you measure your your hero by how great your villain is mm-hmm. and or antagonist. Tommy right. Lee Jones isn't a villain per se, but he's no. the antagonist. He's but doing his job. You could argue that Richard Kimball is the antagonist. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is the the want the the fugitive. The, the fugitive. The great mm-hmm. thing is they're both really smart. Yes, yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. And like Tommy Lee Jones is incredibly smart, incredibly experienced. This is his job, his career, is to hey, track down these people. Hey, what's going on here? We're uh, eating oranges and making IDs. Where are you at, Desmondo? <laughs> <laughs> and he's got this whole team of people and all these resources at his command. He's ordering around the local police, and you know he's got his team. And, and Richard Kimball, Harrison Ford, is out there on his own mm-hmm. trying to elude this guy. And, and the film has this great structure where about the first half of it is just simply him escaping and eluding and evading. Right. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones and the the marshals and and in the second half it transitions to him sort of going on the offensive and right. trying to solve the mystery of who 
killed his wife right. and finding allies and yeah finding allies and 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 being so smart about it you know in, infiltrating back into the hospital looking right. for clues and saving and, a kid's life yeah and, and as Tommy Lee Jones is pursuing him and realizing he's back in Chicago Tommy Lee Jones realizes what he's doing and at first he he truly didn't care whether or not Ford you know Kimball was guilty or not right um, but I think he, he came to respect the, his drive and realize there's may, might be something to this. Yeah. And, and they, in a way, almost end up working together by the right. end. They're it, remaking it now, and I don't envy them. Oh, boy. It's, such a, it's really, you know, really, as far as action movies go, I wouldn't, you know, I don't even like to use the word perfect. Nothing's perfect. But no, it, it, it's as close to a perfect It act. suffers a little bit from third act malaise. Yeah. As uh, it's a little long, it's, maybe. It's, but. Yeah. But it's it's entertaining. But you know, how do all you the way how, why remake? I mean, I, I guess the answer is self evident. But I always felt the best remakes are movies that had great potential that was never realized yeah. initially. This is a film that was the third highest grossing film of that year. It was nominated for seven Oscars, including Best Picture mm. <laughs> and Best uh, Cinematography, Editing, Score, Sound, Sound Editing, and Tommy Lee Jones, of course, won for Best Supporting Actor and got a spinoff, U.S. Marshals, yeah. which mm-hmm. uh, paled not, in comparison. Yeah. Great. You know, I want to say one thing about. The Fugitive before we talk about that movie, which is, again, as seen on TV, it's very important. I think we talk about, you know, what it was remaking. Yeah. The Fugitive was a huge show until the MASH finale. The finale of The Fugitive was the highest rated show uh, ever to air on television, mm-hmm. uh, where the um, Richard Kimball finally caught up with <laughs> the one-armed man. Uh, that was, of course, David Jansen. Uh, and then um, the uh, one-armed man was famously played, uh, or the inspector who was chasing him, the, the was, Tommy Lee Jones, was, was Barry, Barry Morris, Morris of Space, later of Space 1999 right. fame. <laughs> fame being a relative hey, and word. you can see Space 1999 on DistroTV. But, you know, The Fugitive was a huge One show. One of those cultural yeah. phenomena of its, of its time. And it continued to be the template that so many shows followed throughout the 70s. Because it was, so you had Incredible Hulk was basically the fugitive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, the A-Team in a lot of ways was the fugitive. Mm-hmm. Um, what people I'll, don't realize the was that the, was the, the movie was based on uh, Chris Elliott's The Fugitive Guy <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> David on David Letterman's show. Yeah, not really. What I love about that movie is that um, it, it's not just that Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones are, are both great it's that they're both heroes that are pitted yeah. right against one right. another and it's you know it's not just that they're both smart they're both good and they both have a code of ethics and you know Tommy Lee Jones we can we feel like we can we can cheer him on and root for him even though he is opposed to Richard Kimball he's right. opposed to, to Harrison Ford um, because we know that he has a code and we have faith that he's going to do the right thing and right. when he figures it all out he's going to be on our team but he's going to have to figure it all out first yeah. so we immediately forgive him you know with the you know with the line you started this all off with it's like you know it's like I don't care well we know why he doesn't care right and it's like we and we see that play out over the course of the story I, I think that's the the key to why Tommy Lee Jones became such a household and, and that part was that so brilliantly written, and Tommy Lee Jones played it so well because if they pl- if he played that character straight, he could have been just a villain. But he had he had a certain humor and panache right. to him mm-hmm. that you just kind of liked him. Yeah, you know, and you could tell he was having fun. Yeah, well, yeah. because that's that's his job. Yeah, people forget too. This is really the movie that brought him back into consciousness in the sense that JFK, people saw him, Tommy Lee Jones, and said, wow, remember what a great actor this guy was? Mm -hmm. And then this was his first big mainstream movie after JFK. And everybody just like, you know, loved Tommy Lee Jones. And then he started working, you know, constantly. He was in everything. He was the Morgan Freeman of, uh, you know, if you will. And, uh, and, um, Really, it's just a great performance. Of course, that scene where you know on the waterfall is really one of the great action mm-hmm. scenes. I mean, you look at some of the '80s. This, you know, the pre-CG era. You have, you have Die Hard. You have The Fugitives. I mean, these are great action movies. Before everyone's jumping through rotor blades of helicopters <laughs> and hanging on the helicopters, and you know, you know, jumping on the wings of you know F-15s and whatever. You know, it's just not to name anyone out. Um, Tom Cruise. Well, what's what's great about it is that it it throws a bunch of um, choices in front of the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Things that we're, we're wondering about. You know, will Tommy Lee Jones shoot him? Like, will he jump over the side? Like, right. just just all of these things What's are gonna happening. Happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? And there's no obvious answer to what that is. And it's not dependent on, hey, look, the stunt is going to be great. If it had only been he takes a header, mm-hmm. you know, out <laughs> the back, 
it, that scene still would have worked because right. all the tension was in the question, like not in how the, the consequence was depicted. Great choice. Great Monday. choice to start us off, as always. Thank That's you, Steve. Uh, yeah. That brings us to Tuesday. Tuesday. With Darren Docterman. I, 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 I'm curious to see if he picks what I think he's going to pick or if he goes mm-hmm. in another direction. There's so many. I'm curious to see what you think I would pick. Uh, should I write it down on a piece of paper and show Ed the rest of our panel? If you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm to keep my. This is uh, like password. I'm going to keep my selection quiet uh, for a writing for a minute. Uh, I do not yeah. have a writing implement. This is what I get well, from missing okay. staff right. meetings. Oh. Here, no, Steve's going to throw me a pencil. Implement. If you're don't, watching don't, this on Stir TV, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you've just seen me being paled by a pencil. I was going to say this is going to end so badly. Oh, Steve! Oh, the humanity. Okay, the, the so high definition spurting blood is really. Uh, I agree, uh, with. Yeah, I think I agree. You think you agree? Well, no, there's a. I, I've got a reason why I think it might. Are you going to show be, me? But, t- but oh, I can't tell you. It could after. be. Yes. Mm. <laughs> okay, one of the one of those two. Okay, great. Okay. Let's see how predictable right. it is. Sergeant Bilko, it is. No. Confident the Navy. I'm gonna go to 1991. Oh. oh what the? Uh huh. Son of a Smarty. Bitch. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Barry Sonnenfeld, the mm. Adams Family. Uh, oh. Okay. Well, good choice. It's a, it's a really <laughs> wonderful adaptation of. It's uh, it's one of the best adaptations of a TV series uh, ever. The casting is great. Raul Julia, um, uh, Angelica, Angelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd, Christina uh, Ricci, Christina Ricci mm-hmm. in her first cousin it is se- cousin second it. role, <laughs> and and the lovely cousin it. Um, it's it's uh, its tone is almost spot on to what it should be. Uh, the original 1960s uh, TV series is, of course, a classic. Um, and a lot of people, unfortunately, have not seen it these days because there's no real way to see it. Um, Other than Blu-ray streaming. Well, it's not on Blu-ray. It is. It came out is last it? year. Yeah, it came out earlier this year. Both of them did. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, they released the, uh, the Adams and Adams Family Values. No, no, no. I'm talking about the TV series. series. Oh, the TV series. I was saying the TV series isn't right. isn't available. Um, it is streaming, on and it TV. is on DVD. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think where I saw it. Re- it was on Netflix for a while too. Huh. Um, anyway. Okay. Sorry. Whatever. It's very <laughs> um, difficult to see. But though. it but it it gets lost in the in the shuffle. Mm. They they just released an animated uh, version of it, mm. uh, CG animated. How was uh, that? movie? I stayed away. I I didn't want to have anything to do with it. It was fine. I mean, it, it, but look, it's like it, it completely pales in comparison to the Sonnenfeld movies. Like, the, p- part of the fun of it is seeing this in, all in live action. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Carl Stryken, who played Lurch, is perfect. Mm. That's right. Absolutely perfect. I mean, you know, uh, he, it, and he also played Mr. Holm. Yes, he did. That's the next that's generation. A Star Trek connection. You want a course. funny? You want a, Carl, a funny Carl Stryken story? I don't know. Giants. This Do is I? probably better for. He's also the Giants. The Giants. But it's probably a better story for Inglorious Trexperts. So, years ago, it was right after Free Enterprise opened. Rob and I were guests uh, at a convention in Vegas with a bunch of other people, a Star Trek convention. He was one of the guests, and uh, what ended up happening? We all got there. We were on the same flight. He was one of the guests, and I think it was Aaron and Matt, a bunch of people. So. We got there really late. Oh, and I remember we checked in the hotel, and it was such a dump. We said, we're not staying here. We're going to go go to the Mirage. We booked the hotel. So anyway, long story short, um, we, we, we're starving. Everybody's starving. The only place that was we could find, we just wherever the next place that was open, we were going. Went to Planet Hollywood with Carl Strzok and, and a bunch of actors from Deep Space Nine. Very well-known, a couple of very well-known people. Mm-hmm. And they come running out, and they said, oh, my God. It's a real star here at Planet Hollywood. <laughs> We're comping dinner for we've, all 20 of you. We've and never Carl, seen any before. It was because of Carl Strachan. So, like, they gave us all these Planet Hollywood gift bags what? and swag, and they wanted to take pictures, and they, like, completely rolled out the red carpet because, like, they couldn't believe it. And it had nothing to do with Star Trek. It was like, 
it's Lurch from the Adams Family. <laughs> they were so excited. And it was like, it was unbelievable. And they said, you can order whatever you want. Wow. And, and it was like, it was- And then you looked at the menu and say, oh, we don't really No, no, anything. I like those uh, <laughs> Rice Krispie oh, chicken Oh, yeah, the treats. white Rice Krispie chicken. Yeah, the Captain Crunch treats, right? <laughs> so, um, but uh, but it was funny. so funny. We, we had to, and it was- it was just like, we were, it was, I remember we were embarrassed. We were all embarrassed that we were going to Planet Hollywood. But it was like, I don't know how in Vegas it was the only thing that was open, but whatever. We were over there, and like a lot of things had closed, and it was open, and we're like, oh, are we really going to do this? This is so ridiculous. And we went to Planet Hollywood, yeah, and we went to Planet Hollywood, and... Um, and it was just so, and it was, they just gushed over him. And he was such a lovely guy. Yeah. And then we found out apparently that the guy who did the convention, I think he had had the mob loaned him money. And <laughs> then nobody oh, showed up. And so the, like he disappeared on day two. Nobody knew where he was. Wow. It was it was a really bizarre weekend. <laughs> well, at least you got a free meal out of it. We got car- Captain Crunched <laughs> Chicken uh, Captain bites. Crunched Chicken for free. Yeah, that's right. Thanks to Carl Stray. So I'm very indebted to Carl for that lovely meal. And he's a lo- he was a lovely guy. Indeed, and and you know the the magic of that first Adams Family movie is that it hadn't, um, it's you know, it's in a very sort of cartoony uh, mode, uh, but still within the realm of reality. It it dances that line very carefully, and um, it's actually a lot closer to the Charles Adams cartoons, uh, you know, uh, cartoon drawings than uh, the TV show. But it's a it's a a wonderful combination of all of it, and uh, I think it's 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 great. It suffers a little bit from the added characters that they did. The uh, the uh, uh, woman who comes in trying to scam the family and is using uh, Uncle Fester as a uh, uh, a plant in there to try and get the Adams fortune. Mm. It's a little it's a little contrived, but no more than the original show had Um, and it's just so much fun and I have a little personal connection because I worked on the sequel Adam's Family Values and I got to know uh, a lot of these people and um, uh, the the show has a lot of so many gags in it you know a lot of uh, uh, stuff with thing uh, running around and and you know we basically distract you from the story to see thing (laughs) playing with a skateboard or whatever Um, but uh, it's just so much fun, and and uh, I I really enjoyed the first one, and that's why I was so glad to work on the second one. But it's a it's a great TV adaptation, and uh, I enjoy it still today. Well, you know, if we were doing uh, as seen in the New Yorker uh, week, it would be a great. Uh, of course, you know, it's based on the the Charles Adams those wonderful uh, uh, comics, uh, not comic cartoon. panel, well, yeah, yeah, cartoon, cartoon panel that uh, that um, he did, and then um, I like you grew up on Adams Family the on TV, TV yeah. on uh, was it Channel Eleven, Channel Five, I think Channel Nine. I think I think it might have been Channel. Eleven. Yeah, I think it was Channel Eleven too. It was sort of pre. It was pre on pre for Star Trek. Because I think Monsters was, like was on Channel Nine. Mm. No, I, I got. Oh yeah, maybe. Because they were on. Two no, separate... Channel Eleven was was Monsters. I'm pretty sure. Okay, hello audience. It doesn't matter now. Okay, <laughs> it does. It really does. Fifty doesn't, years doesn't. ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. But I, I also like you felt. I really enjoyed uh, Adam's Family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that wonderful cast, and Yvonne DiCarlo, who I loved in Crisscross. Actually, I loved her in The Addams Family, and then I loved her right. in Crisscross. Right. It was, but um, and the great Vic Mizzy music. Yeah, and oh. Felix Sela, Tweaky, yeah. who was uh, cousin it. Um, right. But but beedy, beedy, beedy. really fun. And and Get I have to bug. say, I'm surprised by your choice, but I really liked the choice because it was a perfect marriage of Barry Sonnenfeld's bizarre style right. with the right mm-hmm. material. Yeah. Yeah. Where you know sometimes you think. What movie is this guy making? Because you know he started the DP, and you know he has this really you know distinctive st- style, wide angle right. kind of bizarre, uh, you know wide angle lenses and stuff, which distorts things. You know, it's just really, and it really was a great. And and I remember it was a surprising movie. It's kind of like, um, well, I'm not going to say because that may be right. on the list, but um, r- really well done. And plus, I loved. I always loved Raul Julia. Oh, he was yeah. great he's, in Kisses, Spider Woman. He was great in Tequila so Sunrise, and he's great in this. I had a, a, a moment meeting him on the second movie um, I was bringing in storyboards to show uh, the director and the visual effects supervisor one day and he was there and uh, they were setting up a shot and, and he was standing next to me and said so what do you do 
And I said, well, I, I do some storyboards. I have some gags here for, for Thing. And he looked at him and said, well, that's marvelous. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lovely little moment that I had with, uh, with Gomez. That's that's great. That's great. He, I mean, and by all uh, by all accounts, he's just a lovely, lovely. He was a lovely, yes. lovely guy. Died very young, and Indeed. it's it's unfortunate because he was like, uh, you know, the cool Oscar Isaac. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's funny. Um, you know, yeah, really, why isn't Oscar Isaac starring in an Adams Family remake? <laughs> well, he just did the. Uh, he was the voice of Gomez in um, the animated version. Well, oh, there you go. That's why. That which, which, which was edited by Steve's friend from USC, Dave Salter. Oh there no, he, kidding! Dave Salter yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. So he I there we are Tuesday. He was, he was I wouldn't know. I haven't talked to him in ten years, <laughs> um, nor do I intend to. Um, okay, so uh, bu- 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 we come up to Wednesday. We come to Wednesday, which brings us to uh, Steve Melching too, or otherwise known as <laughs> Ashley Miller. Ashley, you are less predictable. Although uh, Darren proved to be very unpredictable. So can you? Uh, what, what's your pick for Wednesday? My pick for <laughs> Wednesday know. really comes down to this question. Do you want to see something really scary? Oh, um, again, a totally surprise. Okay. Uh, my pick for Wednesday is 1983's Twilight Zone, the movie, directed by not one, not two, not three, but four <laughs> different directors, all of whom you would know. Uh, Steven Spielberg, John Landis, Joe Dante, George Miller. Perhaps you remember some of these people and uh, their contributions to pop culture, uh, especially that Spielberg kid. Um, the uh, the thing that I really dig about the Twilight Zone movie, having, by the way, I, I full disclosure, I, I worked on the ill-fated, God help us, uh, UPN revival of the uh, of the Twilight Zone that back the in, the, in the 2000s. second of 9,000. Yeah, second of, <laughs> of a billion. Um, by the way, I, uh, true story, um, I got in the mail uh, a, a certificate <laughs> from the American Film Institute. It's now up, as framed, as on my wall from the AFI for writing on one of the 100 best television series in history for my work on The Twilight Zone. It is just... <laughs> I, I have you it mean up on they my, don't know the difference. They don't know the difference. Know the difference. How nope. nice. So it's up on my wall of humility. Oh, yeah, Kay got one too, I believe. Yeah. She's very proud of it. Wow. <laughs> so I like to lord that over people. What are the 100 best? That's funny. You don't look like you're 85 years old. <laughs> well, that's also a Twilight Zone episode. When me and Rod Serling were doing our podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So the thing that's really cool about what they did is uh, they actually did it as an anthology. Right. right. I mean, they really embraced what the Twilight Zone is. Um, short and stories. Short stories. Yes. Exactly. You know, um, just, you know, as, as kind of clean and concise as they could make them. There were, I think, two original uh, mm-hmm. episodes inside the movie. There were yeah. two remakes. Uh, you know, It's a Good Life. Three remakes. There were three. What yeah. was the third? Because it's a Nightmare good life. 20, Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet. Uh, Nightmare 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 right. in 20,000 Feet. Was, yeah. um, Kick the Can. Was, oh, oh, that's right. Was a remake. Kick the Can okay. was a remake, yeah. And right. It's a Good Life was a remake. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, John Landis' Time, Time Out was original. Yeah. Um, wow, crazy. I didn't realize that Kick the Can was, yeah. Yeah. was a remake. Yeah, yeah that's yep. right. The Spielberg um, one. Yep. The, uh, you know, they, they kind of varied in... In quality, I thought like the nightmare uh, at thirty-five thousand feet in the Twilight Zone movie version of it because they yeah. were like on it uh, with uh, John Landis playing the William Shatner role. Um, John Landis, John Lithgow. Oh, I say John Lithgow. My God, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you know Jessica von Fotheringham? John Landis did have a nightmare on this movie, <laughs> but did. that's different. Burgess <laughs> Meredith <laughs> was uh, the narrator yes. of the film, but I like to call him Meredith Burgess. That's right. Okay, it's all coming together. So, so I'm having like another wow. one of those days, kids. Anyway, John Lithgow played the William Shatner role. It is awesome. Yeah, um, George Miller directed that piece, right. and it's just everything that you would expect from him, except you know there aren't like cars driving by with like dudes strapped to him playing guitar. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's I think most famous, sadly, uh, for the incident that cost uh, Vic Morrow mm-hmm. his life when they were filming and two kids, and, uh, and two kids, um, and uh, it, there was a terrible helicopter. Accident, and there was just all sorts of uh, a drama that that came out of that, and there are all kinds of stories about, 
you know, getting John Landis out of the country. And, and I, apparently, like, there was a whole section of the movie um, that they, some a lot of which they had shot, that they simply did not include mm-hmm. uh, in that episode uh, because of, uh, it, it featured those kids, and they felt that they shouldn't put them up on screen under the circumstances. Right. Um, it was just a horrible tragedy. Horrible, horrible tragedy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, what that must be like. I mean, it, it's it's interesting because, you know, we hear more and more about accidents that occur on set. Sometimes they're horrible, like fatal or life-changing uh, accidents. You know, just terrible things happen to, to stuntmen, sometimes to the actors. And it just, you know, I, I think is a reminder that even though, you know, the, the movies are artifice like there is actual there's actual risk that that mm-hmm. comes with uh making these films and you know how important it is how hard everyone has to work to stay on top of so many details because you know one little slip and the illusion of danger becomes real danger uh and you know people's lives are destroyed ruined changed but um obviously you know John Landis uh, you know, went on to make other films, but I, I can't say that uh, that his that his career was ever quite the same after Twilight Zone. No. Yeah, filmmaking is uh, can be very dangerous when you consider you know how how often you're working around vehicles or in unfamiliar environments or with uh, pyrotechnics, explosives, or you know all all kinds of all kinds of things can can go wrong if you're not incredibly careful. And even if you are, you know, it's dangerous. Yeah, I uh, I heard a story from um, one of the 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 stunt guys on uh, on T two, actually the stunt coordinator. And he was talking about the the sequence where they um, they go into Cyberdyne and the the cops are coming in after them and like the SWAT truck kind of drives through into the lobby and all of that and just arguments um, with Cameron about uh, how everything was staged and a concern that when the SWAT truck spun out it was going to basically take out uh, Video Village. No, oh, <laughs> and there was like a big blow up over that. But like those things, like you just kind of have to take seriously. It's just, but it's 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 kind of too bad that that's the conversation that Twilight Zone, the movie, kind of they has surrounding us, it. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot to like about that movie. I mean, obviously John Lithgow and Nightmare on Twenty Thousand Feet is terrific, and and uh, although no one will ever top Shatner as we know, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. But um, and it's a good life has things to recommend about it. It's an interesting. Uh, Joe Dante did a nice job, but it was well suited to his, um, you know, to, to him uh, as a director. Um, you know, Kick the Can is less effective, but it was one of the last. Wasn't it the, one of the last roles for um, uh, Scatman? Scatman. Yes. And uh, you know, he's he's quite good in it as he always was. Um, and then the John Landis thing, we'll never really know exactly how. I mean, that was, is widely considered sort of the weakest entry of the of the four. And, but I think what the film is best remembered for is really the bookends with, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, Dan Landis Aykroyd right. and Albert Brooks, right. um, which are hysterical yeah. and 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 scary. And uh, you know, it's <laughs> Albert Brooks. I mean, it's like so cool. I think one of the things that the that the movie makes absolutely clear is how much better the TV series is. Mm. How how well the TV series still uh, works, mm. and you know all the remakes of the episodes, the original episodes, are so much better. Even though the movie versions are good, and they're certainly serviceable, but the original versions are so much better, and it's it's amazing. Well, it's interesting. I think um, that you know, Sterling was obviously because of budget constraints and he was a, a playwright was like writing for the theater of the mind sure. in a lot of cases um and i think a lot of those stories were were structured uh to you in, in to that direction that. yeah and once they became visualized like in a, in a cinematic way they lost some of their power because yeah. suddenly somebody else was putting those images in front of us right right absolutely great great choice um okay so that comes that brings th- thursday uh, my pick um you know, uh, I, 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 uh, did you see Dora the Explorer? I no. probably not. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> actually, it's cute. It's kind of like a faux Raiders of the Lost Ark, but there's this crazy scene where, um, 
they go into the cartoon like they're sort of on drugs. It's not quite because it's a kids movie, but it, it's it's they like the surreal the scene, the field of poppies, yeah. <laughs> and uh, suddenly they find themselves in it back in the cartoon and in the cartoon characters, and it's uh it's a it's a magnificent sequence. It's it's really fun, particularly mm-hmm. for those of us who had kids who got stuck watching Dora had that tune stuck in our head of Dora the Explorer. Uh-huh. But that, of course, is not going to be my pick. I'd be an idiot for picking that. Peppa Pig. God, don't even bring up Peppa Pig. <laughs> God, why? Why would you do that? Don't do that. No Peppa Pig. Baby shark. Baby shark. No, no, no. That goes Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Which brings us to my pick, The Mandalorian. No, so actually... Transformers. I'm very inclined to go with my the pick that I thought... Uh, Darren was going to have, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I almost feel like, do we leave that for Friday? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. I mean, I just can't count on on you guys to come through for Friday. Oh, really? You can't. Count I can on count us. on you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I have two picks, and I'm not sure which to go. Which are both your picks? Ah. And I don't know which one. I see. Because one we picked on the show before. Yes, we have. But we did say that second season we're allowed to repeat, yeah. which of course is uh, you know one of the pioneering adaptations of uh, of um, a TV show to a movie when the original TV show was still in production, which of course is Batman '66, which is a wonderful uh, uh, film. You know, it expanded the scope of the universe. We got to see the Batcopter, and we got to see you know just that opening credit sequence alone. I is... would kind of argue that. Because it was done by exactly the same yeah. production team and mm. had exactly the same uh, uh, writers, directors, okay. uh, cast. It's it's kind of exactly like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's essentially the TV show. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll buy that. It makes my job easier. <laughs> is that, um, is that I, one I of think, the ones you thought I would pick? I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think you need to, to, to sort of reinterpret. The, the the material in some right. way with a new cast or new director or new or you new, know a new yeah. take on yeah. it. Okay. Somehow, somehow. Um, well, you know, look. Then I'm going to pick even a guy. This show was we also picked this uh, in the Shadow of Star Trek week. Um, but it, you know, I, I have to pick it because um, it, I mean, literally, it's a movie that I, I would argue changed my life. It had a huge impact. Um, it, it doesn't get the uh, respect and admiration it deserves. And and uh, Manhattan wasn't based on a TV show, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> It did come out in 1979, the year of my pick, Star Trek The Motion Picture, 40 years ago. Okay. Oh, it has been days since I've thought about that movie. <laughs> I always could feel like days. Uh, uh, but, you know, look, it would be easy for me to go and try and find something obscure and esoteric to go. I mean, I, I would- Apparently not that easy. But- well, you, you want? I mean, you want to go no, with the no, monkey's head, ahead. or you want to go with the uh, <laughs> monkey's head based on that <laughs> the TV monkey show? <laughs> you know, but, oh, uh, the monkeys in head. Oh, the monkey's paw only. You know, right. If Alex Spencer was here, I could go with the nude bomb. Right. You know, uh. but uh, but I, but I'm not <laughs> because I recognize the tremendous danger potential in picking the Brady Bunch. I instead, it got to be Star Trek because Star Trek, in a way, is the movie that's set as seen on TV off. Absolutely. It proved yeah. that you could take a show from the past that had a fan following mm-hmm. that uh, and, 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 and you know change it and transform it writ large onto the big screen and make it work and create a viable franchise. You know, whether you're somebody at home who loves Star Trek the motion picture like we do or thinks it's boring and slow and lethargic and then you're just an idiot. <laughs> um, but, uh, but um, you know, you can't deny the fact that Star Trek uh, you know that first movie more than anything um, was transformative in we terms of the genre. Nothing because um, <laughs> you know Star Wars and Jaws changed the blockbuster mentality. You know the platform releases right. became wide, but Star Trek changed a lot too, and it doesn't get the credit. And I've said this on our sister show. Um, it showed that you it it, be, it was the beginning of IP fever in a sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, IP freely. <laughs> <laughs> so so my pick and again you know what I'm not going to talk about Star Trek the much but you want to hear me talk about Star Trek go to Inglorious Trexperts we and talked about it all freaking year okay yeah. we just you know you you, you we we, we uh, on the on the seventh we did a live audio commentary we had Brian Fuller talk about it we talked about the music the brilliant Jerry Goldsmith score we talked about the director's edition go over there and get sick of it well then you know what it's Steve Melching's turn 
<laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So anyway, so they, yeah, Steve. But there right. is something truly Thank magical you, about uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture when you know you you. I grew up watching the show initially on a black and white television, mm-hmm. and then seeing reruns, you know, in color later, and, and the animated series, and then stepping into a movie theater and seeing that refit Enterprise on a gigantic screen with that brilliant Goldsmith score playing. That was really. He just gave you goosebumps mm-hmm. as a kid. You just never imagined anything like you'd be able to see anything like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, look, it's so much tied up in nostalgia, too, because, you know, reading Starlog, it was a TV series, it was a movie, it was a TV series, it was a movie. And then, you know, sitting at school, you know, counting the hours, I'm just counting the days, counting the months, but eventually counting the hours till school let out that I could go and get to the theater to go see Star Trek Motion and to get there and be turned away mm-hmm. by the, the, the officious ticket taker who would not allow me and my friends in because they didn't allow kids under uh, 18 into the theater. As depicted in the well, opening uh, sequence yes. of the classic. I mean, which I later in the height of narcissism turned into a sequence of my first movie. But <laughs> the, 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 um, uh, the, you know, and then to to to, to uh, find my mother at the uh, at the the bank where she was like depositing her paycheck for the week and having the 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 insight to think, oh, okay, I know where my mother is. I'm going to convince my mother to come and take us to Star Trek: The Motion Picture so we can get in. Kept the guys online, you know, and this is long before you could, you know, buy tickets in advance. We'd been waiting, you know, for for hours, and uh, you know, got my mother. She took us to see the movie. You know, something I'm always indebted to her, and something she'll always blame me for. So kind of uh, like the hunger. There's so much. Yeah, exactly. So there's so much about Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Um, that was sort of seminal for me. So if we're going to do a scene on, t- scene on TV week, you know, there are a lot of movies I love, and we'll talk about them for Friday, but that to me was like, you know, that was the largest. Now, I will show, now do I have a, can I show the director's edition? I think you have to. Okay, well, I will show the director's edition with the second viewer off restored. Yay! That's my fantasy theme week. Let me just tell you, Darren, it, you were nearly trolled with that second viewer off moment in the 51 greatest moments of, but of Star the, Trek. The director's know. edition is, but, is a brilliant. But I love you, so I do. Um, uh, uh, you know, thank God to these guys, to, <laughs> yes. to Darren and to Michael and to Dave. And Robert this, Wise. And Robert Wise for, for um, bringing this show, you know, for what they did, you know, to elevate uh, and, and show people what the film could have been in its theatrical release if only they had the time to, uh, you know, tested and edited and it's amazing what they've done uh, with the director's edition. So I'm going to show the director's edition, not the, the original theater. Now on December 7th, I believe in watching the, the original the theatrical cut. relief. Yeah. The rough cut. But, uh, <laughs> or as I call it, the theatrical release. But, um, but you, you, you know, for, for this 4.30 movie, I want to show the director's edition okay. because well, that's what we're going to do. The only thing I would... I in would... 4K! <laughs> on my 4K TV! I can dream! The thing I would add to this, this conversation about uh, Star Trek the motion picture is in the context of uh, you know TV week um, as seen on TV week is that you know we brought up a point about Batman 66 that it was it was the same crew the same writers directors actors it was the same sets it was all of that it was right. basically the show but kind of on TV yeah. it was not really different from yeah. a Battlestar or from from anything like that but, and I think that's true I would argue that, that if we had more time but okay or that um, you know to to really qualify for this week it 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 needed to be some reinterpretation of that of that thing that had become popular. What's interesting about Star Trek? Why the is every picture, reinterpretation we don't understand called the thing? thing. <laughs> right. The, uh, Thank you, thing. <laughs> what's, what's interesting about Star Trek: The Motion Picture is that it is a reinterpretation by you know by uh, not by all of but by many of the people who had been involved yes. in the original and 10 years later 10 years later and it felt of a piece yet it also felt as though it was launching its own new thing right. so it's fairly unique uh and as a as an adaptation of a television you know what property. else it felt like a motion picture. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It did not feel like a TV episode. No. Uh, Even a big TV it felt, episode. It had scope. It had an epic quality. And it was big and it was expensive and, you know, belonged on the big screen. So why a lot of people who've only seen it on TV think it's slow and plodding and don't love the movie. You know, they haven't seen it on the big screen. Yep. So, anyway. That takes us to uh, takes Friday. Us to Friday. Friday. I almost picked the Avengers. Not... 
the uh, superhero one, <laughs> oh. not the one Scorsese hates. I, I, I almost Ray picked the one everybody one? hates. The Ray Fiennes, only because I love <laughs> Sean Connery dressed up as a, as a bear. As a bear. <laughs> yeah. You and, know, and I can't go I there with you. It's a like terrible Nick movie. Awful. But I love that scene. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the last episode of 430 Movie, I picked Serenity, the Firefly right. Right. Um, reading. Um, well, what about something like Monty Python and the Holy Grail? That qualifies. That's interesting. That's was that interesting. the first or was Life of Brian? No, Holy Grail well, was the first. Meaning okay. of, or, uh, 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 meaning well, that was something completely different. Well, but that was uh, okay. just, yeah, but that, that was just the, the remakes of the skits. This was or, their first, I think, original story yeah. that reunited the, the cast. Um, you could make that argument. Uh, I, I think I would allow it. It's a stretch. It's a little He'll bit of a stretch. It. <laughs> I'll allow it, counselor. Um, Is it up there? <laughs> well, See if it's up there. Arguably, other we don't than have a we don't have a board. <laughs> <laughs> other than Star Trek, probably the most successful translation is uh, of, of of television to film is probably the Mission Impossible. Series. Absolutely. Thank you, Lucille Ball. Yeah, two for two. <laughs> right. She had an eye. Now the question two, I have for you two, about Mission Impossible, because I agree, I think I think it should be Mission Impossible too. But um, which not Mission Impossible? No, not Mission Impossible too. <laughs> do you go with the flawed Brian De Palma one Absolutely. that set yes. off the franchise, Absolutely. or do you go with the best of the films, which I think is Rogue Nation? Um, uh, but I would probably go with the De Palma movie, despite its myriad flaws, because it. It kicked it off. It kicked it off, yeah. and, and it, it took set chances. the template, and it did take chances. Yeah. And Emmanuel Barrett is in it, who's amazing. Yeah, and I also, I also Luminous. like to imagine that uh, uh, Jim Phelps is actually played by the original actor in it. Yeah. Me oh, too. that I like that, to imagine. You might imagine yeah. yeah. that Peter Graves, Peter Graves, Graves John Voight instead of John Voight. Yeah. yeah. Well, because um, how much more magical would it have been if it was actually him? It would have been great. Although I wouldn't have made him the bad guy then. Sure, why not? Why not? I mean, that's what I love about it. Is that, the audacity that's the of switch. That. That's the switch because it, it's, you know, the the way the character is written, you could understand that. You could understand his motivations. That's right. Um, and, and, and his hatred to uh, Tom Cruise. I'm still, <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for, uh, you know, uh, Zachary Quinto to play Paris in one of these things. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, there are a couple of comedies that are great. I mean, we didn't talk about the Brady Bunch, which I think yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Inspired. The first one, especially the first one. I was okay. just going to say yeah. Twenty One Jump Street's hysterical, yeah. um, and I never watched that show, nor do I ever want to watch the show. But the movie right. is wonderful. Wayne's World, Wayne's World. Party time. Well, Excellent. Wayne's World Two, which has that br- wonderful ending to Simon and Garfunkel, and and <laughs> and right. Charlton Heston stepping in as the gasoline attendant because they have some day player who's awful, and they said right. we need somebody with this more movie. gravitas, and then Charlton Heston <laughs> steps out as the guy, ga- and then the, he's they're running and he's at the wrong church, and then he goes to yeah. the other church right across yeah. the street. I mean, okay, it's, it's not a great movie, but the last fifteen minutes yeah. are. Uh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I kind of like the Mod Squad movie. Oh. Mm. That was, it was pretty entertaining. Um, I was going to say the South Park movie is actually, I think, legitimately oh, yeah. a great satire. A Although really good that movie. might fall under the category of same. That's true. Yeah. Same, same, same yeah, bad time, same bad yeah, channel. That's true. Uh, Police Squad. Police Squad. Oh. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can go along the, with The that. Naked Gun. Yes, thank yes. you. The Naked thank Gun. Based from, from the files of Police Squad. Yeah, uh, Naked Gun and, and uh, the sequels were, yeah. are pretty good yeah. on, on those, yeah. too. And they're consistently nice funny. Beaver. They are consistently funny. <laughs> the fr- how many were there? There were three? Three. three. Yeah. And the first two are really good. Yeah. 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 33 and a third. Uh, uh, you know, and, you the, know, the nude bomb, on the other hand, is not. It is, is really not. Or, Although, or, or, I, there is that sequence that I will always remember, and I don't know why. It's, uh, you know, Maxwell Smart, is he's in this... You know this log cabin on a mountain in the snow, and uh, and he's like, you know, at the mercy of the bad guy, and he's like telling him like, you know, that they're surrounded by you know a hundred control agents, and then it's like, well, no, we're not, and you know, would you believe, you know, uh, you know, uh, like some whatever of like of park rangers. Would you believe a very angry Saint Bernard? I, for some reason, would you believe a very angry Saint Bernard is just stuck with me forever? 
The thing in that same scene that always stuck with me was the moment when uh, the, the fight begins and he sees a bullwhip coiled on the wall and grabs it because I was in the midst of Indiana Jones fever right. <laughs> at the now, time. Now, I would recommend that if anybody is interested in this movie, they pick up the Kino Lorber yes. Blu-ray, which our good friend Alan Spencer does the commentary on, which yeah. I'm sure is fantastic. I haven't heard it yet, but I, knowing Alan, what a great raconteur he is, it, I'm sure it's great. I will say I was online at the... Um, Universal uh, Studio Tour recently. We were there at Universal. And, you know, they play the five minutes where they, you know, have the chase through the old Universal in 1979. Oh, right. Like, that's all you need to see. Yeah. It's like that right. that, that that microcosm, that, that, that trip down memory lane where you get to see the... Um... But you know what else they showed? I mean, I was watching. I was like, oh, this is the, the Get Smart scene where they go through the Battlestar Galactica exhibit and yeah. all this, which I, I, lo- I love all that. Just seeing it, it has nothing to do with the movie. It's ridiculous that they go through the Universal Studio Tour and commandeer these trams. <laughs> but they had, and I'd never seen this, Alfred Hitchcock introducing the Bionic Lab at Universal. Oh, wow. And it's this like little five, 10 minute sequence where Alfred Hitchcock is talking about the $6 million man in the Bionic Lab at Universal. And I'm like, this is, I mean, he must have just, family plot must have just come out. Uh-huh. And it's so Steve yeah. Austin. And, and, a man <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And I'm just like, I felt like telling everybody on the line, shut up so I could listen to this. I tried to get my phone out to videotape it because I've never seen right. it anywhere else. And it was just, Oh, it was so great. One Oops. other thing I loved about the nude bomb was his desk car. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, yeah. He's driving his desk around. That just cracked me up. As a, as a Since we're on the universe a lot, the A-Team. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah. Fox did the movie. Yeah. I don't care. But yes, it was a universal. Uh, <laughs> it was a universal show. And it was every episode on yeah. the back lot. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but I thought the movie version wasn't bad at all. Uh, I, I found Neeson, it. Yeah, uh, I found it very enjoyable. God help me, I kind of liked it when they were navigating a falling tank by firing the, the, the yeah. gun. I just thought <laughs> it's insanity. It's but... insanity, but it it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has the benefit of never having been tried. Uh, so also out of the box. Um, and since we uh, we were not able, because the movie does not exist, uh, to program uh, Muppet French Connection right, for, uh, for Hackman Fever Week, uh, the Muppet movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think that qualifies. Yeah. Yeah, My absolutely. Movie's wonderful. And, and I, uh, I just watched it for the first time in years recently, and it's uh, it's delightful. I it's love it. Time to score. beat the Muppets. <laughs> Although the villain the wants frog legs, and it's yeah. like it's, it's, it's not exactly the feel-good kids movie of the year. Although I actually, I know you guys don't like it, but you're you're much more uh, uh, Muppet spurts. But but Muppet spurts. But but I I really like the remake. I'm not the remake, but I like oh, the, the, Muppet, the, the reinvention, the reboot, the, reboot, uh, the Jason Siegel Muppets. Yeah. I really like that a lot. Um, and you know, you could also argue First Contact. I would never say Star Trek Generations, but right. First Contact, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, well, qualifies. As... What, what about Galaxy Quest? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was based so, on a yeah. TV show. Based on the TV show <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Uh, what about something like Borat? Well, that was, you could say it's based on Ali G. Did he ever play Borat on Ali, the Ali G show? I think he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Borat would qualify. Borat, Borat, boy, that's a movie that completely captured and, and, and dominated the zeitgeist and now and nobody talks about it. a very short period and then like yeah. completely a year or two. Did, My wife. Yeah. <laughs> Except no. in Bulgaria. They still like talk about <laughs> Borat all the time. I couldn't understand. Well, like, what the, is that? The light that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Um, or something. So, okay. So let's see. Uh, my vote for Friday would be Mission Impossible. I, I feel like nobody A, B, C, Yeah. <laughs> Although I still think Rogue Nation is a better movie, but for our purposes, Mission Impossible. I, I agree on both counts. I, yeah. think, I think before we settle on something, are there any TV shows that we would want to see mm. as movies that we haven't already? Yes, there is. <laughs> Mash. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> Let's pass. Okay, okay, pass. Okay, we go to you, Darren Dockman. I've always wanted to see a Gilligan's Island movie. <laughs> oh, that's the reason you asked the question. Yes, so you could say that. Of course. Okay, I, I agree with you. I'd love to see. I, it's amazing there has not been a Gilligan's Island. It's, it's true. unbelievable. It's unbelievable throughout all the IPs that are floating around in the ether. Well, I just want to say, if Adam Sandler wins the Oscar for Uncut Gems, there's no <laughs> chance he's ever doing Gilligan. Now, now oh, Darren, has... what Darren's not telling us is that years ago, you, you had a, a thing called Not Coming Soon, where you mocked up phony movie posters, and you I cast did. the film Which with- inspired. With Keanu Reeves as Gilligan, Brian Dennehy as the skipper, Harrison Ford as the professor, um, 
Michael Douglas as the millionaire, Sean Young as his wife, <laughs> uh, Madonna as Ginger, and uh, what's her name? Marianne. She was in Beetlejuice. Oh, uh, uh-huh. Winona See? Ryder. Winona Ryder as Marianne. And who's the native? Uh, on, uh, it's a mystery. Mystery. It's a mystery guest. question mark. Yeah. Who is the native? But the Pacific Islander. It was. It was all, uh, uh, you know, taken completely seriously. It was a serious. Oh, it was drama. brilliant. I mean, you did this about twenty years ago, and more than that, the, the, the key yeah. art you created was amazing. The casting obviously was spot on. Um, it would have been glorious. But I, I can't believe that no one has done it. I don't understand that either. Oh, well. I don't get it. Yeah, considering they did, you know, the Brady Bunch movie from Sherwood Schwartz, exactly. why not mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island? But, you know, that was such what's, a great take on it yours? that they're still live, living in the 70s. What is mine? McGilla Gorilla? No. Uh, uh, Hong Kong Fui? No. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I would say, um, I would say, it's tough because a lot of the shows that I love have been made. Wise Guy, probably, the Ken Wall yeah. series. Um, although I'm not sure that would work in two hours because what right. it did so well is it sort of pioneered serialized television. Right. Um, uh, what would be Tales from the Gold Monkey, dude? <laughs> Tales from the Gold Monkey, Dark Room. I, I love that. <laughs> Bring him back alive. Bring him back yeah, alive. do it. Do it. A, a crossover between Tales from the Gold Monkey and Bring Him Back Alive. Um, I still like to see a Battlestar Galactica movie. Oh yeah. Well, it's coming. Eventually. No, they're doing you know the what? new no, uh, TV actually, series. You know what I like to they're, see? They're, it's complicated, but. Yes and no. Uh, um, oh, we'll have to talk about this off off the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, no. No, yes, yes no. And no, you like no. Italian as well. From what I hear. Um, I'd like to see, well, I, I guess it. there there was a movie, but it, it wasn't initially intended to be a movie, but a, a live action uh, adaptation of the Clone Wars mm. series and characters, a continuation oh. of that story. That would be how fantastic. Did, how did we forget the Flintstones? Oh, yeah. yes. Because it's taken because me it's... years to forget. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking the Flintstones or Viva Rock Vegas? Well, I think Viva Rock Vegas the, is better. The, but the Flintstones was the Flintstones infamous. Was... Like I remember it was the poster child for having 30 writers on a movie. Yeah. It was the poster child for not doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> no, I thought that was um, uh, a periscope. Not a periscope. Mikhail's Navy. No, that's Sergeant Bilko. Uh-huh. Mikhail's Navy was brilliant compared to Sergeant Bill. Green Acres. Uh, Green Acres would be, make it, a great movie. It actually movie. would make a great movie. Um, I personally, uh, you know, at first I was thinking the $6 million man, but mm. actually I think the Bionic Woman would be better. Yes. Um, because I actually think that was a better show. Yeah. I mean, I loved the $6 million man and I love Steve Austin, but I think that Bionic Woman was just a better sh- series. It was just she was a more interesting character. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. And maybe you're just wrong. Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you want to see Charlie's Angels done, right? <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to so, see such a, a new Charlie's Angels film completely rebooted every year. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Jetsons? You every know, year? That's another mm-hmm. one that I don't know why they haven't gotten uh, to yet. I would love to see that. Yeah. I know that they've gone into... Uh, Turnaround and a development on a, a million Remember times. Remember it's going to be Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Boy, that, that would have been anymore. horrible. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, but it's been great. Go, you've stayed uh, here. Mission Impossible. So, Monday. Monday is The Fugitive. Tuesday. The Adams Family. Wednesday. Twilight Zone, the movie. Thursday, it's Star Trek, the motion picture. And Friday, it's Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. Edited by Paul Hirsch, who has a That's great right, book huh? out now and has great Mission Impossible stories. And um, directed by the uh, the great but uneven Brian De Palma. <laughs> we got to do a Brian De Palma week one uh, of these yes. days. That would be good. I think, I think that Tuesday, would be- Tuesday, Mission Impossible. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us uh, for this uh, 430 movie. And uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, you may want to check out Electric Search's other podcasts, like Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life. Every Saturday, Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast. Every Tuesday, Best Movies Never Made. Every other Monday, and coming soon, Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast. If so, you uh, what? Just Two on Who. Two on Who. I love that title. Yeah, but Natalie came up with it. Two on Natalie, Who. our producer, came up with it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, they <laughs> it's wanted naughty. to call it. They had a cute title, which was Doctor Who and the Podcast of Doom, but it was long. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie said, "What about Two on Who?" And everybody fell I in love with it. I thought that was me, but that's all right. I take credit for that, but I don't think I. It was me. 
It was Darren? Yeah. Darren Dodgerman! Oh! Is it up there? Number one answer! <laughs> Good job, Darren. That's all right. Natalie, you can take credit for no, it. No, no, Darren, like. Darren, credit where credit is due. Well done, Darren. Why start now? <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we're going to start reading uh, uh, reviews uh, a, a, a in the future. So like, if you put it up there, we may mention you on the show. So that's something to look forward to in future weeks as we uh, we read some of our best reviews, um, which are, you know, some of our best reviews. They're all good, so why would we not uh, you know, read any of them? So you okay. two should add a great review. We may read uh, one of them on the air. Okay. I keep saying on the air like we're doing radio. Hello, <laughs> America. <laughs> They're coming. Watch out for the Germans. Okay. Also, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter. Bill Ritter, what's your pick? You mentioned it almost all of them. How about... Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo, oh, written by go. James Gunn. Good choice. And directed by, uh, what was his name, Raza Gunnell? Gosnell, oh, yeah. something like that? Right. <laughs> Meredith Burgess. Meredith Burgess. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Thank you, Bill, and and uh, and uh, 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 welcome to 2020. Did you have a good holiday? Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Glad to hear it. Happy New Year. Good to be back in the studio. Yes. And, uh, and Natalie, our producer, thank you. Natalie, what's your pick for uh, A Scene on TV Week? Uh, you set up a 21 Jump Street. 21 yeah. Jump Street. Good choice. Good choice. And uh, very special thanks. Hey, Zach's back there in the dark. Hey, Zach. <laughs> Do you have to agree with the Ashley or you got your own pick? No, I'll second his pick. Fantastic. Okay. You're a good assistant. <laughs> and uh, Dean Devlin, without whom the show would not be possible. Uh, welcome back to the 430 movie. Happy New Year. And we're uh, join us. Hope, hope you'll join us next week as we're back with an all-new theme week. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. This episode brought to you by Juice of Safu. It is by will alone I set my mind in motion. It is by the juice of Safu that the mind acquires speed. The lips acquire stains. The stains become a warning. It is by will alone I set my mind in motion. Set your mind in motion with Juice of Safu. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.